spin. Where did you dig up that old fossil? Going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. That's no moon. We're all fine here now, thank you. How are you? Welcome to the Star Wars Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Bedabonker. And I'm Kenton Larson. Kenton, we have some breaking news unrelated to Star Wars, but still stuff we talk about lots, a lot on this podcast, which is... Mike Nesmith died from the monkeys. Yeah, uh, the, I guess, lead singer, you could say, the front man. How would well, you, they all you just, they all took turns. I they mean, did they take all, turns, yeah. yeah they're, kind of like the Beatles in, they're kind of like the Beatles in that yeah. regard. And that's it. That's the only way in which they're like the Beatles. <laughs> That's it. Well, catchy pop ditties. Oh yeah, but uh, and the look and, they well they mimicked the look yeah. of the Beatles, right? That that was part of the yeah. the show, right? They were trying to cash in on that that fame of the mop top uh, fads, so that was part of it. I just recently watched a documentary about the monkeys. I don't remember where it was. It might have been just on YouTube, something on YouTube about them. Really interesting story about how that band got together, and then what happened afterwards. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a documentary out. Is that the one you watched? I don't remember what it was called. I don't uh, know. It was it was just a documentary about the band, about how they got together. There was like they formed through uh, tryouts. They wanted to. It was for a show. Like they they started with the show of the the idea of the show about the band, and then they became an actual band and wrote their own music, and then went on tour. And then I don't know. Uh, the funny thing is when I became. Um, when I encountered the monkeys was in the eighties when I was a kid yeah. and there were a lot, there were always reruns on TV. That show was always in reruns. So I would watch it after school. I'd just come home and watch the monkeys. And I love the theme song and that's such a good theme song. And, right? and, uh, um, the Brady bunch subplot where Marsha, uh, wanted to meet, uh, Oh, a member of the monkeys, Davy, no, Davy Jones from the monkeys, He's the British one. Do I have that right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. And so, um, so that was a plot device that, so, and I remember that was probably the first place I heard of the monkeys. And then the three surviving monkeys played the Red River X and I saw them there. <laughs> when was that? Oh, it must've been the eighties. It must've been, there was like, uh, it was like past their, their, their time had expired and they were doing a reunion tour. And, uh, uh, I remember seeing it there, there and it was in that weird setup where the stage was like far away. There's yes, like a moat. I remember moat that. Yes. The stage and the stands. Um, yeah. Mickey Dolan's was also, we're not, we're, yeah. we're talking about everybody, but Mike Nesmith, of course. Right. <laughs> but Peter Torque. Peter Torque. Let's, let's, let's talk about all of them. But Mickey uh, Dolan's actually, uh, there was a run where he was like doing all these Canadian game shows. Do you remember that? Where he was like the celebrity oh, guest yeah. on like win, lose or draw yes. and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> he was always like what? the, <laughs> I don't know, so weird. Uh, the 90s were a weird decade. Anyway, um, so there you go. Rest in peace, Mr. Nesmith. I mean, he was kind of the, uh, I've always thought he was the more kind of reclusive one that didn't really, you know, yeah. when I was, when they were famous in my view, he was not out there talking, right? He was uh, more of a recluse. Yeah, yeah. he Yeah, he was a quieter guy. Um, I think he was the guy with the talent. Most, as most people so, saw say, him yes. as. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. The quiet, troubled loner is the one with the talent, yeah. as usual. It's it, like the um, the old joke about school. It's like, who's that kid drooling and rocking in the corner? Oh, he's gifted. <laughs> it's 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 similar to yeah. uh, to that old joke. And did he wear the toque? <laughs> did he always wear the toque, or was that something that he finally got rid of? Uh, that was his look. He question. was always he wore the toque, and then of course the kids yeah. would call it a beanie. My kids would call it a beanie no. for crying out loud. What? Yes, they'd call it a 
Come on. It's the YouTuber influence, Kenton. I tell you, those inf- those YouTubers from the States are influencing my kids. They're not calling it a toque. Apparently, it's only a toque if it has a pom-pom, which Mike Nesmus did. So there you go. It is a toque. Um, by the way, so here in his obituary, he died of natural causes at age 78. And um, I'm just going to see if there's any other um, key fact in here. Oh, in recent months, he performed on a reunion tour with the group. And he avoided the band's 20th anniversary reunion in 1986. That's what I saw. That's that's the one you're talking about. Yes. 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 That's the one that I saw. So he wasn't with them. Pardon me. Uh, This was a long time ago. I don't remember. It's a long. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. High school. I finished high school that year, for God's sakes. The year before that. Um, Oh, he wrote a lot of songs. So here we go. Oh, of course. He wrote different drum um, for Linda Ronstadt. Oh, yes. It was a hit for Linda Ronstadt. And Run DMC covered Mary Mary. So yeah. there you go. There's some some more facts about uh, about him. But anyway, the, the article goes on and on and on and on. So there's lots to say about him. And we've only scratched the surface. But it actually reminds me, we have to do our Media Nerds episode of the year in review. Mm-hmm. Where, and I take, and by the way, my list of dead people this year, it's like 10,000 people. Like I'll have to, I'll have to jump over like, I'll have to read one for every 10 or something. How are they going to do it? Like, what do they do at the Oscars when there's too many dead people? They, uh, they kind of gloss over some of the, they always, whoever they gloss over, people get upset about it. It doesn't matter who it is. Some minor producer that nobody ever heard of. They're like, well, he didn't get enough recognition because he was an awesome, I mean, I'm sure he was an awesome person, but if we don't know who he is, we're not going to be able to feel sympathy, right? Last year, they basically fast forwarded through the deaths and it was even some big ones. It was well, I guess they people fast forward through movies now. So it's the same thing. They just fast forward through the death and they go watch it on regular speed, watch it on slow speed when, when the ceremony's over. But it's I know it's getting ridiculous the way mm-hmm. they do that. There's nothing heartfelt about it. And then by the way, you have to zoom out and uh, then zoom in on Josh Groban singing some maudlin song at the same time. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's better just to be uh, be left out of that real life. Well, uh, that's what I should do, actually. I'll add some music underneath it when we do it. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that soon. I think probably when we, once we're done, we only have like, there's there's only two more movies. So today we're, gonna, of course, going to be talking about Empire Strikes Back. Let's get to the point of the podcast, Dan. Um, the uh, the uh, second film in the, uh, well, the second film in the <laughs> franchise, but the fifth movie in the story the fifth saga film the fifth movie we've watched uh we only have one more after that return of the jedi and then we can watch uh or then we can do our media nerds um end of the year thing for everyone then and then it'll be book of boba fett time right and then and then we're coming right back into star wars so it will take a brief break for media nerds but back into star wars because yeah and then it'll take us into january with all the other uh stuff so cool stuff what now talking about Goodness gracious me. So there is some news in Star Wars news happening this week, and it is the new game called Star Wars Eclipse, which was, I guess it had already been announced, but this was like, oh, well, maybe not. This is its world premiere was at the Game Awards yesterday. Um, and so they, they launched it. They showed this trailer for it. I sent you the trailer. Uh, and we're not going to watch it here. It's mostly music. So it's not there's not a lot of talking. It's a lot of, of CGI. But what did you think of it overall? I liked it a lot. I uh, the, the, my key takeaway is drumming. <laughs> yes. And then the guy turns around and he's a badass. When he's not drumming, he is a badass. Yes. That's it, what it I took. My that was my key takeaway. Oh, and C three PO. What's that? C three PO uh, in Skeletor form. Right. So this is actually a game that apparently takes place during the High Republic era, which is about two hundred years before 
the the era that we're familiar with the skywalker saga but then so, C, then that wasn't c-3po well it might maybe it's a flashback right maybe we're getting the johnny depp as the old uh right that oh. old thing uh c-3po as the storyteller and he's oh. going to be telling us the story you're right of, uh, God <laughs> the damn old it. how did i not know that i don't know come on man you're the one who t- came up with that uh so <laughs> how did i not think of it exactly I maybe think not it for maybe every not. scenario i mean it could be a deliberate bait and switch i wouldn't surprise me if it was a completely different i like the way though you could see like his innards working a little bit yeah. better um yeah that w- something we really couldn't see, make out in the prequels that well at the time but when in this trailer you could see like gears turning and stuff so maybe it is an early droid maybe all it is meant to be is like a steampunk version of c3po or something like that yeah could be um it is by uh who's the game publisher here quantic dream so this is not the one that our former student who works at ubisoft is talking about ubisoft is also working on one apparently i don't know which one this is or that is uh but this is the um the uh they also developed the game uh detroit human detroit rising right what is it called again detroit human oh, rising a, that detroit game i'm saying people rec- <laughs> have recommended that game to me ten thousand times and i'm like well, detroit, I what I, and then I go to, and then I look, try to look for it. And I'm like, I don't see anything with Detroit in it. <laughs> Something about Detroit. What's yeah. the name of the game? I don't know. Oh my Something God. Something about Detroit. But every time I look it up, nothing comes up. When I look it up in the Xbox Detroit store. become human. Detroit become That's what human. It's called? I believe no. so. Is that what it's called? I think so. Oh man, where's the, come on. Can we get just a, just show me like about us, please. Company. Yes. Let's see. Detroit. Um, I got my ass kicked at a Red Wings game. <laughs> that's the name. That's Detroit. The full yes, title. it is. It is Detroit Become Human. Yes, it is. So uh, apparently, and that's a PC only game. So this might also be a PC only game. I hope it's not. I hope it's available for consoles. Uh, right? Like it, it's. We're still probably a couple years out from this being an actual game. We'll be able to play. And it, yeah. So everything we saw was was really high res graphics. It's all clearly cinematic stuff. None of it is like gameplay footage. I don't think. But it looks very like cinematic. It looks very like really cool to see this era of star wars something we really have not seen in this way before no yeah it, it looks like a good game i and even the uh there's a good distance distance shot of two people with lightsabers fighting it just it looks cool it just looks mm-hmm. like a i you know every once in a while you're just in the mood for a good star wars game and this looks like that it could be it I think so I might try replaying uh fallen order i might oh, yeah. uh it's i good. might uh, do that cuz uh Remember, like, I remember we talked about it, like, you could play through it again, and it's kind of designed for you to play through it again when you have the, the abilities, right? Remember that? Um, yeah, but even then, a uh, little, we, we want teleportation devices right. to get for, to the back to the beginning. It's that was right. That was the issue. Okay, well, I'll, so I'll give it a try. We'll it, does, it is easier once you have all the abilities. It but is. I mean, but, but still not perfect. You but I think still- you could play it on a more difficult level and then the ability is kind of like it balances out and becomes more challenging. I have had, I can tell you, I've had a lot of fun playing Zelda on the harder level. There's a thing called um, Master Mode in, in Breath of the Wild. And it's it's really a lot of fun, a lot more challenging to play it. And I'm having a lot of fun. So I might do that again with them. Um, oh, with great. Order. Sorry, one more item. And um, that item was uh, Book of Boba Fett. There's been a billion trailers. And uh, each, which with little new scenes in them, okay, maybe not a billion, but there's a few trailers circling, circulating out there, each with kind of different scenes in them. And the most recent one had a couple of cool scenes and um, there's some speculation out there. And I'm going to say it's accurate speculation um, that Boba Fett, in fact, is being pictured at Toshi Station where Luke was going to go get those power converters. 
I think we're going to see Tachi Station, and awesome. it's even better if you freeze frame one of the shots, and you can find it pretty easily. Um, I'll link to it. I'll link to it in the show notes if I remember. Okay. Yeah, uh, you can find it easily online if you Google where I'm, I'm on a Reddit page. And um, they've got a freeze frame of those two. You know, those guys with the uh, it's like crater heads that are on Jabba's barge. Those yes, guys. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. They're beat. They're roughing up two two people at Tachi Tachi station. And they appear to be Cami and Fixer Luke's original friends from the cut edition of. Oh, a New my God. Home. Are you serious? Yes. That's crazy. And, and so you can see them in the picture being roughed up and they they have a comparison, although they said it's Cammy and Lays. That's that's I, a deep. Well, I mean, they could rename them if they wanted to. Technically, yeah. those characters don't exist. I think it's I think it's Fixer. Now, I might be wrong about that because, I mean, they're, they're deleted scenes and somewhere along mm-hmm. the line, I might have got it mixed up. But. It's uh, it, that's a deep it, cut. That's a really that's, oh, that's good. I like bringing bringing deleted character or not deleted. Yeah, I guess deleted scene characters into the franchise. I love it. Although it looks like they might, if they're in there, they might be in there quickly and quickly disposed well, of. That's, maybe. that's kind of, the, but that's the best kind of Easter egg yeah. I think is is like it's like seeing the um the salacious crumb. I can't remember what species he is, but seeing that just the, the one shot of him being the one other one being cooked or whatever, that was hilarious. And that's all we need. Yeah. We don't need his, his life story and what he's been doing since Jabba's palace. It's probably not the same one. That one probably yeah. died in the sail barge. Maybe we will see him. I salacious w- crumb. I wonder if we will, but uh, that's very interesting. Whatever happened to, or maybe, maybe they'll be, he'll be watching TV and they'll be, it'll be like a Robin Leach. lifestyles of the rich and famous and it'll be salacious crumb on the tv yes that's right on the hologram all right yeah well it's interesting the thing i think about these these whenever they do this and they've done this before with other movies and maybe with the mandalorian i don't really remember it but i think i i think i really remember it for i certainly remember for the force awakens um and maybe for the the other two ones as well in the main saga films when they kind of release all these other versions of a trailer just to kind of get other versions out there and you Mm -hmm. see and so what happened was and this would happen i mean i think it's because everyone's so eager for new scenes right and so this kind of satisfies that urge um because I remember this was very distinctly when those trailers would come on Jack was a little kid at the time man that was so long ago the Force Awakens. Oh man, we're like six years ago. Um, so Jack would have been nine. Uh, he would have been saying, wow. "Dad, Dad, another Force Awakens trailer," and I'd run in, and it was the exact same trailer except for one little tiny thing different. Uh, I'd be uh, like, "Ah, oh, whatever." Like I was so so let down I by know. that. So I don't really care at this point to see all these little different things. I'll see it when I see it. I don't like you've sold me on it, and I think they're right. at this point they don't need to be doing those types of trailer releases. I just think just do the main ones and then let us see it. And these will be, of course, we'll see them on um, TV, well, TV, but also uh, YouTube and all the other places where you can see advertising. Um, we're going to have to do another, uh, speaking of mediators, we'll do another episode. I think I've had some great uh, experiences with online streaming platforms we need to talk about, but we'll, we'll talk about that on another episode. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the marketing. I, I actually think that um, Book of Boba Fett's a little, uh, it's a little quiet on the marketing front. It we're is. Not, uh, we're not getting really tons of we're not getting hit over the head with it nope. and it really is the next chapter in the mandalorian story as well if you look at it that way too it picks up um 
the chapter, it's the book of Boba Fett chapter from the Mandalorian mm-hmm. spin. I don't think I don't think that's people are really realizing that though. I don't. No, th- I don't, that's, I don't think most they people are. don't understand that. And, no. and maybe it'll make it more apparent when the show comes out. But yeah. um, I mean, the only thing I see out there is Baby Yoda. There's a shit ton of Baby Yoda merch everywhere, but yeah. that's just like left over. I think that's like from two years ago when they should have had it out and they didn't. And now yeah. we've got all this Baby Yoda merch just sitting there. And I sent you a picture of the big. Did you get your inflatable lawn Baby Yoda, Kenton? Oh my God. I, I need to get it. a friend of mine got it. And he said, um, he offered, uh, to set it up, uh, in my front yard. And I said, no, no, I'll just come to your house and I'll just shoot it there where it is. You don't have to bring it here. And then uh, I forgot to make those arrangements, but I will, because I want to, I want to, um, I want to shoot it for TikTok. Somebody, I want the giant, yeah. Giant baby oh, Yoda. I love your TikToks. Yeah. Um, uh, somebody on t- this happened on TikTok too. Somebody suggested that, uh, we go around uh, just like tackling all the inflate because you can walk down the street and they're like everywhere. These inflatable yeah. things. It's like the new fad for Christmas decorations and Halloween, by the way, there were a ton of Halloween ones out there as well. Cause they're very easy to put up and take down, I guess. Um, but yeah, I go around and just tackle them and go and like do a suplex back elbow body slam. I'm like, yeah, 25 years ago, I would have done that. I totally would have gone out and done that. If those things were out there, we did not have that when I was uh, in my early twenties. So. It's so cold outside. Oh yeah. Now it is, you yes. keep those bloody things inflated in the first place. But... Oh God. You're heating the neighborhood. You're literally heating the neighborhood. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's all you're doing. It's like you're the casino in Vegas that pumps air conditioning out into the desert. Yeah. Like the absolute worst thing that you could be doing. You're doing the opposite version of that where you're pumping heat out. Right. into the neighborhood into the minus 30 degree yeah. neighborhood global yeah. warming who cares all right yeah exactly who cares <laughs> all right let's move on uh empire strikes back uh widely yes. regarded i think by most people as the the best star wars film it's hard to argue with that right after you've watched it like oh. after you finish watching it and you're sitting there going just so intense and so amazing and you're like that is that was a, a amazing experience oh it's amazing i mean the battle in the snow uh a double cross a crazy revelation at the end of the film that was so big, it, c- it can never be done again. It can never be done again. It's been mm-hmm. done. It's like it's like the Citizen Kane revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, it can't be done again because the one time it was done made such a crater-like impact that um, just doing it would just, it'd be like calling yourself out for not being creative enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yes, uh, it's, oh, it's so good. I love everything about this movie. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Um... I, I watch it on, uh, I don't have the, do I have it in front of me? Yes, I do. I watch it on, sorry, I don't have it in front of me, but this is the uh, DVD version. I think you probably have this. this oh, yes, as well. I, do. Uh, I do. This does have a special edition, but although the only special edition, really the thing that was added was the Wampa scene, right? That That's the only yeah. add-on. Was there anything else? Maybe uh, some tweaking here and there? But... Yes, the Cloud City. Cloud oh, yes, City the Cloud City redesigned. stuff. Yes, that's all redesigned as well. And that, Correct. but that's not, they don't hit you over the head with it. It's a little bit. There's a little here, a little there. Um, you, they probably didn't need to do it, but it's fine. You know, as far yeah, as I would go. say the Cloud City stuff, um, I, oh, I forgot about it. Clearly, it's not memorable if I, I don't didn't remember it. And it, I mean, I like the approach shots. Like there's a lot of cool approaching shots of the of the Falcon coming in and the cloud cars oh, that yeah. they added. Um, but some of the ones that felt a bit false were the ones when they're inside. Um, and then you can see like, the, they, they, and I get it. I get why you want to do that. And But really those like were not really story choices. They're just like aesthetic choices, right? We're just making things a little bit better, looking a little bit better. We didn't change anything about we didn't add any scenes we didn't you know cut any scenes we didn't do anything significant to the film and that's really the only one one of these that has like no significant changes to it i thought of one 
Okay. They they now establish how Darth Vader leaves Cloud City and gets goes to the Star Destroyer. They show him going up into the ship. Right. That's the one. That's and people still make fun of it a little bit because it's like, yeah, we <laughs> didn't know what happened. Before? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Thought, well, well I, I, I forgot I that that wasn't of, in there. I like it in the sense that it is a newer scene, and I'm like, oh yeah, like it look it stands out because you just don't know it as well as the other stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't even notice that. So that's yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I so the one thing about watching it on this DVD that was interesting, and this is kind of speaks to the way they used to make DVDs, is the menus are so like interactive and full of life. And so everything like the main menu is like Dagobah and it's all the swamp and everything's video, and there's like a loop that kind of repeats if you just let it sit. And then if you go to the next one, it's like Hoth, and there's a thing of Hoth. Now, the only problem with this is that when I went to the scene selection, so again, I couldn't watch it all the way through, I watched it in pieces, like I've been doing the whole time and when it came to the scene selection part you go to scene selection and for each one of these it has like the sections of the dvds of scenes one to five ten you know that kind of thing and every time you switch one of those it goes the animation goes further into the cave further into the hoth cave and you see the Wampa walk by, then you see Luke move. He's like hanging from one side and then you're on the other side, but that happens every single time. And it's like, oh, I get what they're going for, but like it's too much. It's too much of this stuff <laughs> in this in this thing. But it was still kind of cool to have the, uh, I still love having this DVD. It's really good. Oh yeah. For me, what stands out as well is um, once again, some of the finest Star Wars humor is in this film with, uh, it's a, it's a, it's, you know, it's reputation is that it's the darkest chapter. But who are you calling scruffy looking? I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Take it easy to Luke. Like that stuff all, it's very well done. I think it it's Han's, very well. Han's strongest movie. Like his character yeah. really shines in this. And uh, and he's like, I feel like he almost, I mean, if it wasn't stuff happening with Luke, he would be the protagonist. Like it almost feels like he is the yeah. main character um, because of all the stuff that he says and all the cool stuff that happens to him. So all the cool stuff, like when he gets tortured. Uh, yeah, but, it, but it's- all <laughs> They didn't even ask me any questions. Anyway. This movie is character growth. Yes. Character growth, like all around. And I also love, I like one of the things that I sort of never thought about that much before, but that's clearly there is weird character matchups. So you got R2-D2 with Yoda. You've got Han with C-3PO. You've got Chewie carrying around C-3PO. I love that one. I still love that. Since I was a kid, that's always been my favorite. You've got Leia with Lando. um, Han meeting Vader, my favorite scene. And um, Giant Worm meet Millennium Falcon. (laughs) But and, you've got you've got lots of weird matchups. It's pretty good. You're right, and and that scene with the Millennium Falcon and the worm, that oh. one in particular, I really enjoyed. Um, and I was kind of, I remember when I was watching, I told you about the previews that were on that other VHS tape I was watching. That trailer, and I'm sure the uh, trailer, you know, in for general for Empire Strikes Back shows the shot where they're flying out of the mouth of it. But I wish they didn't do that. I remember the first time oh, seeing yeah. that. I didn't know. Like when I watched that no. the first time as a kid, you you thought they're in a cave. You legitimately thought it was a cave. There was no, and you thought the issue was the Minox on the side of the ship, right? You thought it was a great fake out. And then boom. Yeah. And then, oh my God, we got to get out of this thing. So that, I really did remember the impact of that moment uh watching it back this time and the great john williams uh music in that scene and you're like oh are they gonna get the teeth they're closing good stuff um it occurs to me as we're talking about it it's what and we just finished like we didn't watch attack of the clones but it feels like attack of the clones is trying to be this attack of the clones is trying to be character growth but failed on like every level and so that's kind of like part of the problems that they're trying too hard to be like empire strikes back 
Well, maybe, but I mean, it's just, it's weird that it's the same writer. You know what I mean? It like is, it's, yeah. It's, well, I think that's the, part the of the problem is though that person right. was trying to do the same yeah. thing they did the first time with Empire Strikes Back, but it didn't, didn't, uh, didn't work. It's, it's I, like lightning in a bottle, right? You can only capture it once. Also, speaking about character growth, I love how Luke is the whiny Toshi station guy in A New Hope. And in this one, I think this is Mark Hamill's finest performance. Yeah. I do. I think it's the best one. I, it's just good. And when he yells and screams and when he's surprised that Vader, spoiler alert, when he's surprised that Vader is his father um, and he yells and screams, that could have easily been funny. That could have been funny to people. Uh, if you if you don't pull it off just right, but you don't you do you feel the anguish, and there's a there's a bunch of scenes like that in there where you're like you can he's just a, such a good job of um, relaying the you know the actuality of what that would be like if you were in that set of circumstances. I just think he's great in it. Yeah, I felt but, like um, yeah. I felt like this is the you know I wrote here this is the beginning of the Skywalker saga because of the conversation this starts with the throne room when, when the Emperor is meeting with Darth Vader and they're talking about Luke and this is the conversation where they're saying maybe we can turn him maybe we can bring him to the dark side that to me is the beginning of the saga I know that we do actually get the beginning of the backstory in the first movie and right. we of course have Obi-Wan dying that's also part of it but as far as the the relationship between Luke and Darth Vader that's non-existent in the first movie right okay. so this is the beginning of their relationship that's and right. uh uh, and that's just kind of this. It's just so well done. Yeah. Um, all that stuff. So, By the way, what, so good. What, why does Luke think Dagobah is familiar to him? When does he say that? When, when he lands there, there's something familiar about. Oh, you're right. Place. He does. Yeah. I thought about that too. What is familiar? Yeah, what? Probably. Oh, I bet you he's feeling Ben. He's probably feeling Ben's oh, presence. Oh, oh, you think that's it. That's yeah. a good answer actually, because I was like, well, or are we going to establish you know, like, does does in the Obi Wan show is he gonna draw? He's supposed to be watching over Luke, over Luke. So is he gonna just drop him off on Dagobah so Yoda can watch him for a bit? I mean, that <laughs> could happen. I suppose Yoda's daycare, like, sure, and it'll get mean, a little baby, more baby Yodas. It'll be a little. Baby. I, it could happen. Now that I think about it, wait a sec. Is would no Yoda wouldn't be on Dagobah yet for the Obi Wan? Oh, sure he would. Sure he would. Let me think about. Holy that. shit, no, that's something yet. I never occurred to me oh, that we would. could get Yoda. Yoda. Yeah. We could get Yoda. Like legitimate yeah. Frank Oz Yoda will be in this series. Uh, yeah, that's right. Because that's right. Okay. I I had to think hard about it because he's already in exile. Yes, they he's went running. off. He's they all split off. up at the end of the at the end of Revenge of the Sith. We watched we it, right? They could go to off. Dagobah. God they damn could. it. They could, yeah. Obi-Wan could absolutely go and, to Dagobah. And then when Luke says there's something familiar about this place, it's because he was just a kid when he was there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be oh, so good. That'll be awesome. Oh, I hope they do that. All okay. right. Okay. We we stumbled onto something good. I hope. I hope that's good. I hope that's good. Oh my God. Three okay. PO. Three PO needs to take a pill in this movie. He is like just on. Like I wrote three PO panic attack because he is just not having any of it. He is off the handle um, for most of the movie. Um, well, especially during the beginning when they're when they're fleeing the uh, the asteroids. Um, and then of course he's taken apart and he's like, you know, on Chewie's back. So he is just not, this is a bad movie for 3PO, oh, uh, bad. But, but it's also to me, like one of the most, some of the most memorable scenes with him in this, in this movie, right? All the lines. Yeah. I remember all his lines. You don't have to do this to impress me. Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to one. Never tell me the odds. So good. And 
good and also a good matchup with other characters. Yeah, like you said, him and Chewie. And, yeah. you, and the fact that you can't understand yeah. Chewie. And, and I, I've been thinking about this. I kind of thought about it a little bit at the, during the last or during um, um, Revenge of the Sith is that we never see, we see subtitles for other aliens, but we never see subtitles for Wookiees. And I think that's because we, yeah. we established early on that we don't see, we don't know what Chewbacca is saying. We don't see subtitles for Wookiees. And so they've stuck to that. But we did see subtitles for Greedo. <laughs> Right in that first uh, in that first uh, movie, yeah. so I don't know. I guess we're never going to see subtitles for for Wookies, right? Oh, you never know. It could happen. It could happen. And in fact, that's the kind of question that John Favreau would ask himself, right. and then go, that's "We'll right. do it." Yeah. yeah. Why was, don't we that see that? Well, crazy. it's because we always understand the Wookie through the other person, through the person they're talking to. So, um, what else? I got, another, I got another question for you. Go ahead. Obi Wan Kenobi was present at the birth of Luke and Leia. So Yoda says there is another. How does Yoda Come know? Come on. Well, because Luke- Why doesn't says, Ben know? Because Ben knows. No, he says that boy's our last hope. And Yoda says, no, there's another. And Ben should go, oh yeah, that's right. He's a twin. <laughs> because he knows. Oh yes. Well, that's just, you know, Alec Guinness not saying his line. <laughs> Or, or somebody not thinking of that details. George Lucas saying, whatever, whatever. I don't think that that's uh, important. That's not going to be important later on. <laughs> but he would know. The ghost. He would, of course, he, of course he the would. The ghost of Obi-Wan doesn't know. Well, either he that or show up would, anywhere. Or he's a really a chauvinistic and doesn't think a woman should right. be a Jedi. That's the well, only that's, answer that could come up with, right? That's in the Return of the Jedi book. That, right. That's that's the theory that George Lucas floats because he's a sexist pig. Yeah, that's right. Doesn't know. <laughs> But I don't. So, okay. Uh, I don't um, my question for you, Ugnaughts, do you think that, uh, what's the name of the character that uh, Nick Nolte played? I don't remember his name. Kreef or something like that in, um, in uh, oh, how can The I Mandalorian, right? Name? But he talks like right, this right. and he says, I have spoken or I've done or whatever he says. And the, the Ugnaughts in this movie are like, they kind of like make little squeaking kind of sounds. So is he speaking like basic? Is that what's happening there? He's not speaking his own language. You know, they also don't look quite like him. They also look a little bit more animalistic, I think. Look a little more, more like pigs. Quill? I think they should. Is he Quill? Quill, that's him. Yes, Quill. Yeah. Right. So, no, he learned English. He learned English. That's right, actually, eh? But actually, uh, some people suggest that he was, uh, that Quill was, in fact, on Cloud City as a... Uh, as a slave of the empire. Okay. But those, but yeah, but so those, those, those are so those guys yeah. are all slaves. Well, that's just it. They don't seem to be when you watch it. When you watch it, they seem no, to they're take... walking down the halls. They're like looking at each other's clipboards and they're just talking. Well, we, I guess stuff. we don't know the full story. Yeah, but, uh, but maybe I mean they could be slaves, but that could be not be part of like he his race was put into slavery, like the Wookiees, right? The Wookiees right. were also enslaved and all kinds of other alien races because the uh, Empire is like the Nazis. So. Um, right. So yeah, then then they could have enslaved him, but he probably is not tied. I mean, people making that conclusion are just trying to find connections where they aren't any, where there aren't any. Right. I was joking when I said that. I said I was just say, talking about their language. I thought the language right. was strange. I don't think he was actually on Cloud City. That seems that seems like a stretch. No. Well, I don't know. He might have been. He said that he had. Remember, he had to. He had to escape. Yes, he did. His... But that was the Cloud City. Remember, it's not. It's an independent operation. Operation. They're small enough not to notice. Yeah, Do but that's supposed to be bull. What? It, it, it did, yes. Bullshit. Well, but that's because Han and Leia went there. <laughs> that's why, like, the Empire right. followed them to Cloud City. So it was really Han's fault that the Empire noticed uh, Cloud City. I've just made a deal that will keep the Empire out of here forever. <laughs> Best scene ever. 
And then, but then that deal gets worse all the time, right? It gets worse all the time. Darth Vader alters the deal and pray he doesn't alter it any further. Like the deal did not turn out to be very good for, uh, for uh, Han or for Lando rather. By the way, Um, we're going to see, we're going to see all those bounty hunters uh, on the Boba Fett show, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see some, like, we'll find out, like, certainly I think we'll see Dengar for, for, for sure, because he's been mentioned after, Um, but also I think like there's ones we haven't seen yet in any of this stuff. So there's lots they can mine for, for content for things and for new figures and new releases of, of all kinds of merchandise. So that's, that's interesting. Um, I can't remember, have we seen space suits ever in star Wars? Yeah, there's a guy. Yes. There's a character in the bar in the can. Oh yes. But he's wearing the a astronaut man, but not, no, we've never seen, I think it happened in the anime anime um, series there. We've never seen them out in space and spacesuits, Have we like, like with an EVA on the side of a ship or something like that? No, they just, uh, uh, the closest we get, I think is Han and Leia inside the, when they're cleaning the Minox and they have that's the what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I, that's, I guess yeah, that's yeah. what prompted me to write that but because yeah. it's like, yeah, they didn't bother with the space. probably for budgetary reasons, although, uh, or probably for like shooting reasons or whatever, right? Like it was too yeah. bulky or something like that. So they just go with the, with the mask, uh, which tells you there must be some atmosphere. You can't just go out into space with just a mask, right? Yeah, that's true. That's weird. Anyway, but I guess that could be true of asteroids that can have atmosphere. Um, but I just, I just think that, it, and I do remember seeing it in something. I think it was uh, one of those anime, which I guess are not canon necessarily. Hmm. Oh, that was another news item that came out. I forgot to tell you, Funko. I know you're not into Funko, but okay. Funko has released uh, the first uh, um, figure related to that, those shorts, those Star Wars visions. And it's the samurai and his droid from that first um, short. Uh, with, with this cool little straw hat, the droid with this cool little straw no hat, way. and it's like really, and it's black and white, just like the uh, this. No the, um, way. Yeah, with red on it, it looks so cool. Oh man, I might have to get. Where'd you see that? that? I was on. I don't know. Saw on somewhere, <laughs> somewhere online. Oh my god! Just Google it. Funko, Funko, Star Wars Visions, and you'll find it. Um, oh, very. I was, cool. I was very excited. Uh, what else? Anything else you want to say about uh, the Empire Strikes Back? It's just uh, well, I guess we have to give it our rating. But oh, I mean, this, this one is, is a definitely the easiest a, one. It's yeah. got to be a, a four and a half out of five. Oh, I'm not going to give not it a five. Perfect, I don't know. Should I give it a perfect? I give it a perfect. Yeah, I see, score. right. It is a perfect yeah. movie. It is a perfect movie. Five out of five. It's hard. Like, it's I, hard I wonder to... if one of the reasons why George didn't add too much is because he already felt it was pretty good. Like, it was already pr- as perfect as it could be. Right. Well, I mean, he seemed to add stuff where he thought the special effects were lacking. I, I can't. And I think he, that Jabba scene got added to the first one, not because it really, once again, not because it really helped out anything in the story. But I think George Lucas saw, oh, here's a chance I can get Boba Fett in there one more time and et cetera. Like he, he um, I think he he had different reasons for um, for maybe putting that one in, maybe make it worth the trip to the theater to pay the full admission for right. one new scene, maybe. But I think, but I think most of it revolved around special effects. But as we said, I don't think he, like now when you look at it, you're like, well, you might as well go back and fix it again. Based on today, I just want like, the, I want them to take. We'll get to this when we talk about Return of the Jedi. But that yeah. musical scene, I just want that out. I don't want that in. I, I get what he's trying to do, but it does not yeah. achieve. We'll talk about it later. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. That is a bad scene. Yeah, we'll talk about that. All right. Well, so yes, a five bad out of scene five. Is a good movie. Yeah, five out of five for Empire Strikes Back. It is a perfect film. Um, it's not our personal favorites because we have biases, personal biases. <laughs> you two were the first one. Yeah, me to the I next do. one to Return of the Jedi, which we will watch next week and talk about next week. Yeah, that's good. And then we then we're ready. We can watch book of boba fett we're, we're caught right up 
Are you planning to watch? We didn't say we would do this for the podcast. Are you planning to watch any Mandalorian before the Book of Boba Fett? I don't think I'll have time to do it, yeah, but uh, I would love to. I'd love, love like nothing more than that. But it also occurs to me we're going to get a little lag time probably between Book of Boba Fett and then the next season of The Mandalorian. So oh, that would for be sure. Yeah, that's not going to be, to watch gonna be again, Christmas yeah. the following year, right? Yeah. That's the, yeah, no way. Are you going to watch it or? I don't know. We'll see. Can, I'm uh, still doing my Christmas movies and I'm still doing all kinds of other stuff. So, oh, I so much. Really had, I have a lot to watch right now, There's but I'm having so fun. Right now on TV, TV suddenly got really good and there's like 10,000 things to watch and stuff that I was enjoying is now like been relegated to the B team. You know what I mean? Like stuff comes along and you're like, forget it. Forget this other stuff I was watching, but I was actually really enjoying the other stuff, mm-hmm. you know, but there's just, I mean, it's, it's getting hard just to rank what order you want to watch stuff. Yeah. in. I haven't even seen James Bond for crying out Neither loud. Have I. No, I didn't or, bother with it. No. Yeah. Or the many saints of Newark. I am not going to pay 25 bucks. Forget it. Screw you guys. Yeah. If, after Christmas when the price drops, maybe. Wait till Maybe. it comes to, you know, just for that, wait till it goes to Netflix. It goes to whatever the free service that you use. That's the thing. I yeah. watched, uh, I'll just say this before we go. I watched uh, Rare Exports last night. Oh, um, so good. This is so good. And I yeah. I actually found it on Tubi. T-U-B-I. Tubi. I have never I used, used it, it before. Uh, I didn't know what it was. It is a, a free platform with ads supported. The ads were actually good. I thought it was fine. It was like an ad break every 20 minutes or so. It was like a couple of ads, no repeats, all regular, normal ads that seemed to be playing fine. It was it was a good, I thought it was a good online advertising system. So I, I commend Tubi for that. I don't know what their selection is like, but they had rare exports and that's all I needed. See, I watched... Um... Uh, over the summer, there's a movie called Chicago Heights, a short film that was based on Sherwood Anderson's Winesburg, Ohio, one of my favorite books. I was like, I got to see this movie. I got to see it. I got to see this movie. I got to see it. Finally, it shows up there. I'm like, I'm getting it. So I get it and I watch it. And the punchline was, it wasn't that good. <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> I mean, it's okay, but it's like a student film almost. Okay. So it's almost like a student film where I was like, okay, all right. It's a good student film. Like if one of our students did it, We'd be like, wow, that's the best thing a student ever did. But if you're expecting like a big screen version of your favorite book, you, your expectations a little bit higher than uh, than what it was. Mm-hmm. So th- the second I was done that movie, I was like, well, thank you Tubi for having that. And then I just deleted my subscription. One <laughs> second, I was like, bye, see you later. I'll never need this again, but maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I will need it again. See For rare um, exports and for nothing else. Well, it's, it's a great movie. I know oh, I'm going to try and buy it on DVD, actually, because I think it's worth owning. I think I'll watch that one uh, year after year. The uh, Santa really movie. It. Yes. It's about the true a origins creepy. of Santa Claus. Yeah. Creepy Santa movie. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think that's about it. All right. Nothing else to say? We're, we're all no, done. No, I think we're good. We're moving on. We're all right. Good. That's going to do it for this episode of the Star Wars Nerds. I'm Dan Vettabunker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the force hit you in the ass. That's no move. Now I am the Four two one, you come. Going into Toshi Station.